All right, hello and welcome to the Swim Brief. I am Chris DeSantis and I am joined by Joel Rawlings. Joel, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. We're, we're, we're getting uh, another podcast in here before I go on the annual uh, Danish family vacation. And, um, you know, I think one of the benefits of you returning to coaching full time is uh, you're going to come with some questions that are going to be real topical because, yeah. you know, it's whatever, whatever's going on um, with you and, and very specifically like what's, what's top of mind on any given day. And I, I think hopefully we should be able to mine that for a lot of positive um, <laughs> <laughs> content. So you, you had a question based off of, uh, some of the stuff you're seeing today. And I think we should just get right into it, um, and, and get into the podcast. Yeah. So we're, we're like, obviously a brand new program. We're trying to fit our pool time in with what, what's available. And then we've gone from quarters to semesters. And so all of the schedules that used to work don't work anymore. And so it's, you know, you got juniors and seniors here that, that are locked in internships and stuff. And so obviously it's like, yeah, you know, obviously swimming is far more important than this internship ever will be. So I don't see why you're trying to, you know, muscle that into my practice time. But but I'm willing to play ball. And I'm just, right. just, just kidding about that. Um <laughs> That would be sarcasm. Apparently, the internet doesn't always catch up with the idea of like you know, how, you know that kind of that kind of language. So um, what, what, a lot of these guys are saying, you know, again, it's, it, it threw them a curveball in that also it's a semester, and these are the practice times we have available, and these are the class times now, and so they're saying, you know, I can make three practices for sure, maybe half a practice here. What are we going to do? So obviously, you know, we're going to do the best we can with them. We're going to do get them pool time wherever we can. We'll do dry land wherever we can. But some of them is just like, this is it. I can do three a, day, three a week. And again, if, if like I was joking around earlier, the idea that, you know, if, if you're going to be able to give me 100% of the time, 33% of the time, you know, we'll, we'll take it. That's all we got. Um, but the, the idea at the end of the season, too, is like everyone's cool with that now in September. And you're like, you know, you, you've got these lofty goals and training three days a week. You know, again, we're going to do the best we can. You know, things happen. You know, it's heard about you know moms lifting buses off their 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 infant you know like maybe you can do one of those at a at a conference meet but um you know statistically speaking i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't be betting on this it's you know again i wouldn't be playing the the parlay of three practices a week and then you know missing out on christmas for for an internship or something you know i, I wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't put money on the the end of the season results um, and, and in September, they're always like, yeah, I agree with you. You know, no problem. I just want to swim, want to compete, want to get after it. But February 15th rolls around. How come we're going to get the best time? And so, again, I kind of want to, like, what's the way to, again, like with being in positive psychology, what's the way to kind of like we start to frame this conversation now and not, not to set up for failure in any way, but, you know, to, to understand that we're setting up for success the best we can but also not getting too down on ourselves or, or whatever at the end of the year when all of a sudden it's like, you know what, it, it wasn't, maybe, maybe it wasn't the goal you wanted, but uh, it's, it's, you did pretty well, all things considered, you know, that, how, how do you make all things considered a positive, not a negative, I guess, is the summarize the question. Yeah. But let me make sure I just understand you. Cause I think that what you're asking about, it's very topical for a lot of coaches. I mean, I think, um, so if I were to sort of spit this back to you as a more general situation that a lot of coaches find themselves in, like you might have somebody that's coming in to you and, you know, like you're sitting down for the goal meeting and they're like, uh, 
I want to make, you know, futures this year, you know, like they're on your club team or whatever. And um, they're just like an LSC championship level swimmer. So it's a big leap for them. And, you know, they've been practicing, let's say six times a week and, um, or even like maybe for the purpose of my example, it better be less than six times a week, but let's just say six times a week. And, and they go like, yeah, so I want to make this giant leap in my swimming. Now, I can only come to five practices a week right. next year. So I'm actually going to be scaling it back a little bit, but um, I really, really want to make futures. I, I really want to qualify. That's my goal. Right. And you're sitting there as a coach, like going like, what do I say to that? Because like, I don't, be- I don't, if I were to you know, lay down some odds on the probability of you achieving your goals, I don't think this is the right plan. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't think this is going to work. As you say, it could work. Right. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not saying it's impossible. I'll never tell you that what you want to achieve is impossible. That's not that's not um, I, didn't, I didn't get to where I, I got as coaching, telling people like, hey, you know what? Just give up because it's not possible. But. But the big B.U.T., um, you know, is it is it really probable? And I think what you're asking is, like, how do you start having that conversation when you're looking at it and you go, you know, what, what there's, there's, there's not that resonance between what somebody has for a goal and what their plan is to achieve it. In fact, it's, it's really far apart from what I would plan uh, for them in, in that instance. Is that sort of what you're looking for? Right, exactly. And, and even um, I've got a lot of friends, for instance, like where they will coach club and then, you know, their, their high school age kids, like, I'm going to do cross country and then you're going to come back and then short course, I've got these goals. So now you're going to miss three months training because you're doing cross country. So again, right. just like you're saying, aerobically, you're, you're pretty fit, you know, you're strong. It's not like you're just, you know, sitting still and, you know, but, but again, you know, generally to get faster at swimming, swimming is what gets you better. Um, but yeah, ex- exactly like that. So I, th- I think there's a lot of uh, applications for, for, for this idea again of, of how to lay it out there where again, we're, we're, we're behind him. We're supporting that athlete. However, um, you know, we also want to couch it where at the end of the year, it's not like you screwed up coach. Like what, uh, what, how, right. how did I, yeah, <laughs> I did everything. I did everything we agreed to. And you're like, right. yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's uh, necessarily yeah. correct. I don't know that I agreed to three practices a week. I, right. I was just right. told that that was all you could do. And I did, yes. did my best. <laughs> Yeah. In those, so, so where do you go those... there? Where, where do you lay the groundwork to, to set that? Not, I guess, not just that conversation up, but future conversations. Like, again, maybe middle of the season, like, hey, we're doing great. Are we still on the same page kind of thing? Well, you know, I, this is actually really, now that you bring this situation up, this is really topical for me as well, because I've just begun coaching another athlete that, um, that I was uh, previously, you know, the actual on deck uh, swim coach for, and I had a lot of frustrations. I, I don't feel out of line talking about it because I, I told this person when I, I took them on, like I had a lot of these frustrations in that, the, 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 you know, that I could see that the athlete was, um, had pretty ambitious goals, had a level to which they wanted to get to, but then the application of like what they were actually doing in practice, um, what they were committed to the level to which they were training, like it, it, it wasn't leading up to that. And, um, 
to be frank, I think I fell into, I'm, I'm no better than anybody listening to this podcast in the sense that, you know, in the environment that I was coaching in with the volume of athletes I had, I didn't really get to uh, dive in that much deeper on it at the time. Like it was sort of like, Hey, you better, you better get moving in these practices or else you're not going to um, get your, your goal. I think, you have an opportunity though, Joel. I mean, like last time I talked to you, there wasn't even athletes on your team. So now that right, suddenly right. there's, there's people and we're hammering out schedules and stuff, you have the opportunity to maybe put a little bit more at the outset um, into these conversations with athletes. And as we talked about when you took the job, like set stuff up a little bit. Um, so I think the way that I would answer this question, even for you is, is, um, maybe a bit of difference, but I'm going to try to bring in my own reflections from those two situations as well. Um, you know, I think the first thing is I would try to collect as much information and be as open-minded as possible. Um, why you are getting back in the first place, you know, three, three practices is all I got mm -hmm. because, um, when I get the opportunity to dig in a little deeper on those questions, sometimes I, I find out that, you know, the stuff that's in the way is very easy for me to clear as a coach, or it's just like there's, 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 it's, I mean, it's so hard to understand. I think, especially this is something that I struggle with a lot. It's for me to understand like what other people know and what they don't know. And so it's possible that there's just a knowledge gap here where, you know, um, you could have something as basic as an athlete being like, well, I can't do X and Y on the same day. Like, that's just like, you know, I read in a blog two years ago that you shouldn't um, weight train on the same day you eat oatmeal. And I always eat oatmeal on Thursdays. So like no weights for me. Like, it's just like, there is stuff out there that when you start digging in on it um, and, and I think you don't get that information if the conversation just goes like, Hey, uh, uh, I think, you know, here's a practice schedule for next year. The athlete goes, yeah, I can only make three practices. And you go, what, what do you, what do you mean only three practices? Like, and you just like blow your top. You don't necessarily get information because I don't think that, you know, athletes are um, necessarily dying to share with you their reasoning behind some of this stuff. So um, I think my starting point for sure would be to just get curious about um, why an athlete is putting that kind of limitation on themselves um, and why they're sort of setting, why they're setting that boundary there. Um because, you know, as, even if I transition it to talking about setting a, a boundary, um, you know, you have kids that are in school, they've got um, goals in any number of areas and everything's working as a part of a, a system. You know, I just think there's so much opportunity at the beginning to just be open-minded um, and listen, and you might, through doing that, <laughs> move them closer to what it is you think will give them the best chance to swim fast. 
Um, <laughs> I, I, I do think so. So I, I think kind of one thing I've gotten through this uh, uh, so far is like the, the why part, you know, so you, you know, he's like, what, why, where, the kind of thing. So like, why, why that aspect, but then flipping also, why, why are you in the sport? I think is, is one of the things, and not in a negative way at all. Um, just like, what, what, what are the kind of going back to what is it that you like about the sport? Do you like to compete? We, we can give you that. You know, the, what, what is it that, that you, you like just having a release? You just, just try and get them to focus something. I think we've talked in the past about how we get so many times uh, lost in, in the numbers of it. Yes, exactly. Did I hit that best time? Did I not hit that best time? And, and I think maybe that's a way around this, too, in a sense of looking at, like, what are the things beyond that? You know, again, like, you think back to the memories you have of swimming. It's, it's not of I, I went whatever fast because we all got faster you know i'm like oh man i was at 132 200 freestyle i was like no you know they, they everyone always lies how fast they are or something like that they was never even close to that but you're willing to lie on the numbers but really the things that that make you happy about the thoughts of swimming are more of the the experiences you had during the swimming during the practice during the meets during those things and not about the actual outcome and so maybe switching like again why why, why do we have these limits in place and again for some of them maybe that limit is like a psychological thing where they're, they're purposely kind of putting that out there to kind of like give themselves like, um, a, a, a reason why it's okay. I didn't make my goals, you know, kind of like by not investing a hundred percent, they're not going to lose a hundred percent. You know, they're always hedging their bet by like, I can't do this and this. But in this case, again, like a kid that does cross country or a kid that has an internship where they have to work 40 hours a week and we have to figure out how to do that. Then I think we have to kind of like couch it with the idea, like you said, like why why are you in the sport? Why are you willing to risk a lot in a sense, risk your goals, risk whatever it is, when you know that it's already kind of like um, you, you you've got forty hours a week where you're working, you're going to be exhausted, you're going to be tired, you're not going to want to go to practice. What is it that you're going to do to make you want to get to practice? What is it that you're going to want to do to make you get through that season? And like at one, I just kind of remembering the the exit interviews I had with some of my swimmers in this one woman, uh, she came in with a lot of limitations with health, work, school and things like that. And again, one of those were like, we kind of were the idea like, geez, I don't know how we're going to do this. And then the year she ended up getting all these best times right. in the mile of 500, 200. It was amazing. It was, the, it was the greatest thing you ever saw. And, and I was over the top excited and she was kind of happy. So like, oh, you know, I only dropped two seconds in the 500. Like you, you dropping any time is amazing. This is fantastic. Right. And our end of the season meeting was like, you know, if, if you go exactly these times again next year, are you going to be happy? You're going to be disappointed. And she's like, I'd be 100 percent disappointed. I'm like, well, then, then maybe it's a good time we talk about exiting, you know, the sport, because if, if this is why we're in the sport and you're going to have more limitations and these injuries are not getting any better. This is a you know, degenerative thing that, that's just going to keep on going. Then let's leave on a high note and you can pick that high note by whenever you want to leave. Versus, you know, struggling and being miserable and in the pain because we saw her in a, a lot of pain that whole season. It was hard right. on me to see or something like that, much less her. And so, again, when, when we're going through the why, like, why are the limits there? So understanding, like, maybe did, did the did the uh, person put those limits in place, either consciously or subconsciously, to kind of protect themselves from, you know, not getting, you know, they didn't get the best time. Well, it's because I work all the time or whatever. Or are these in place and there's going to be a good chance we're not going to get to that that end season, end point that you want to get to, then maybe we need to like focus on the other stuff too. You know, what are the other things that, that have gone into the season that, that are far beyond just that end time? And so 
for them, it's like, dude, for, you know, two hours a day, you had a place to go where you're around a lot of people that care about you and you get to work out and forget about the stress of your job. Yeah, that's a pretty sweet deal too. Right. You know, and, and that ends up becoming a thing like, you know, we talk as kids, but these professional swimmers now too, where they're going to be, you know, let's just take like a hypothetical, like there's an Olympian or something like that, gets a gold medal. Now to make money, they've got all these endorsement things that they need to follow through. They've got speaking engagements they need to get to. They've got camps that they need to work. It's going to start to compromise their training and things like that. And so they need to figure out that balance just as well as the high school cross country slash swimmer or the, the kid that I'm going to be working with that has an internship and wants to compete. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm hearing what you're talking about. I think there's, there's, there's an opportunity in that conversation to sell people on the sport of swimming. Like I think a lot of people are maybe uncomfortable with this. Uh, a lot of coaches is really what I'm referring to uh, thinking about themselves as, as salesmen, but I think coaches are amazing salesmen in general. Um, and, 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 and really the, the concept there is, and I, I heard, um, it was Julie Bachman put this perfectly when I was at the golf, uh, swim coaches clinic. She goes, you know, you guys get teenage kids to voluntarily get up at five in the morning and drive over to a swimming pool and do a grueling workout. Like, you don't think that doesn't take like some kind of sales and, and just because you assume that that like, oh yeah, well, that's what you do. Like that's, that is a part of sales, right? The, the, the utter confidence that you have that just, you know, that you just beam into kids where you just go like, well, come in a morning practice, um, you know, doing a double um, on a cold uh, January day in Wisconsin is going to get you to where you want to be. Like having that, that confidence um, is a very genuine and I think positive part of sales. Cause it's not like you're full of it, right? Like you actually do believe it. I mean, I, I, I'm thinking of kids in any institution that I've gone. If I, if I were to look at kids who might say to me like, ah, like, you know, I, I, I can't practice as much as um, you think I should to achieve my goals. Uh, sometimes they'll say to me, well, like I'm really focused on my academics. I have these academic goals. I want to get, you know, really good grades and, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They'll, they'll start going down that. Well, you and I know that if we just look at all the teams that we've coached, um, you know, the kid that sh has 98% practice attendance is usually the kid that's getting all A's in school right. at the same time. So like in, in our mind, we can step into that conversation with total confidence being like, do you know what is actually going to help you achieve what you want to do academically coming to practice every day. <laughs> Like, yeah. If, if if you tell me that what you really want to do is, um, you know, something really, really ambitious academically, like I got the perfect recipe for you. The discipline of, you know, coming to some practice, working on something and actually having that be a compliment rather than looking, you know, I think people can look at stuff so black and white and they can start thinking to themselves like it's either or. Right. I have to choose <laughs> swimming or I have to sacrifice this other thing. And it's like, no, I mean, the way that it works to to actually um, for, for most people uh, to actually get you to uh, your potential is that you live a life in some balance. And so even um, a high level of commitment to swimming can be in balance with a lot of other parts of your life that can right. work. We've seen it work. We know and we know how to do it. 
So like, it's actually incumbent on us as coaches to um, sell people on that and to tell them like, no, this is the way um, to, to what you want. You may not see it, but I see the path. Right. Um, right. And, and let's start walking down it. And I think kind of jumping off of what you said with this, as well as like the idea of like, what are the obstacles? I, I all the time when, when people come in and they have, they have a laundry list, they're going to, I was like, I got the, 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 and it's like, great. That, that, that's what you can't do. What, what can you do? Yeah. And, and that, that, I think that's the, the one that usually catches people off guard is, well, what, what can you give me? Um, and, you know, it's the idea of like, um, like losing weight. The biggest thing is like, you know what, you stop, you stop eating like potato chips, you know, every 10 seconds. So, you know, it's like each one has like 10 calories. It's only 10 calories. Like, well, you're eating a hundred and that's a thousand calories. That's, that's, it's at least another dinner you just had, you know, right. it's the same thing. There's like, well, you got 15 minutes, you can do something in 15 minutes and you've got 20 minutes. You can do something in 20 minutes. You know, there, there's a lot of research out there as far as like, you know, just going like a Tabata style workout for even like six minutes has fantastic benefits. But the thing is when it comes down to with that is, is hundred percent the discipline. And, and so I think when they get focused on the, what they don't have, it becomes like you, you focus on your scarcity, your scarcity of time that you, you overlook the things that you do have, you know, and, and what they do have is you've got 20 minutes, use it, figure out a way to use it and, and get the most out of it. Um, but, but I think that's the thing too, is identifying so much of what they have versus just what they don't have. Yeah, no, I think any conversation built around, I mean, when you say what you have, I think both a conversation built around like what, what competencies do you have? And then also what like resources do you have? Um, One of the conversations sometimes like, uh, and we used to do this a bit and maybe we should return to doing it again. Sometimes I wish we would just keep on recording after we stop recording on this podcast. Cause I think it was two times ago or maybe last time, you know, we got to talking even about um, my own swimming and uh, I've been still swimming here three times a week. I'm getting ready. I have a hotel room already for masters nationals next year. And I, I was telling you, I said like, you know, I don't have, anybody to train with. And I have nobody live giving me any feedback on my stroke, but I've been working on my breaststroke based on stuff that every time I do a race, I get somebody to film it. I send that to you. You give some feedback to me. It's incredible, by the way, just to anybody listening to this, like um, the stuff that Joel spits back at you, like, and within like 10 minute frame, he's like marked up pictures and stuff, but like, that's the only feedback I get, right? It's once every few months, um, Joel will look at it. And I realized like, I'm actually making progress. I am making progress on my stroke. I'm getting more efficient. I'm, I'm thinking constantly about the same thing and uh, progressing a little bit closer to it. And, and I think we had a conversation about that. Like my thought about it is I could sit there and I could go, oh, woe is me. I don't have anybody to coach me. I want to swim really fast, but I'm training all by myself. And isn't it sad? And I just can't do it. And um, I can't train enough and I don't have, you know, blah, 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 blah. instead it's just like, I'm backed into that corner. And I think, um, most of us in swimming are dealing with some pretty serious limitations, but in those limitations, you are forced to get creative and that's where the magic happens. That's like where all the innovation happens in our sport because, 
um, people just go like, yeah, well, this is my situation, but I, you know, I have, I have this goal and let's, let's figure out a way to do it. And so I think even a conversation that, you know, opens a door to like, okay, you want to practice three times a week. Um, let me, uh, let me hear all your ideas for how we're going to make that, you know, the, the most effective, um, three practices a week you, you yeah. can possibly do. Like, let me hear, and let me hear all your ideas for like what might allow you to train more and see if there are opportunities for me to support. Um, and then you, I know, because <laughs> I've known you for long enough, you're also going to get cracking. I know that you probably have some of these athletes and you're secretly in the back of your mind going like, well, I mean, I have a, I have a plan. It's kind of a crazy plan, but I have a plan <laughs> that might work <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in this situation. So like, you know, I think all of those things, um, that's a positive environment. That's, and that's like, that's the most you can hope for in a situation like that. Yeah, I, I think what, what I often try to think about, too, is, is the idea of, of, you know, that leadership going top down as far as like, you know, if, if they see someone that's always seeking a way to do something versus someone that's willing to accept, you know, this this is this is our lot in life. Uh, you know, too many times I'll, I'll hear coaches like, well, you know, we we lose our kids to high school. And those high school coaches, are, they're terrible and they come back out of shape and then we're at zero again. Of course, we can't do anything. We don't have time long course. We don't have this pool. We don't have that pool. Don't have... And again, it's one of those things where you keep on identifying all the things that we don't have. And I think, again, kids kind of really pick up on the slightest things that you do, you know. And so I think if you, if you have that, that, again, that positive outlook of, you know, we can overcome anything as long as we're disciplined, as long as we're organized in our own minds, as long as we're doing that and not kind of creating elaborate schemes. Cause like what you're saying is like, what can you give me? He's like, well, I'm going to get up at 4am every, every day coach. I'm going to swim for four hours straight and then head off to work until midnight. You know, and anyway, I do that for, yeah, you can do that one day, well, right. one day, you know, yeah, again, so yeah, you'll hit the wall real fast on that plan. Yeah. So I think having them verbalize their plan, because again, in our minds, you know, we understand, you know, we've seen thousands of kids. We understand, you know, a lot of things that are possible, things that aren't possible. It's like, so if you're kind of pushing the realm of possibility by 1%, all right, I'm all in. If you're pushing the realm of like 4 a.m., I don't need sleep coach. I'm just going to like go on caffeine and protein powder and I'm going to do it. And you're like, well, let's, let's rethink this. And I think that's the thing too, is just kind of creating that sounding board. Again, because the biggest thing I want and all coaches want is to show that we, we support what they're doing and support, support their endeavor. If it's a crazy plan, all right, we're in a crazy plan together, but let's go all in together. And, and not all of a sudden, like one month in, we got to adjust everything because again, the, the plan was to like not sleep for a week and just train all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's the thing is like lay, laying that thought process out. So we kind of talked about the, the, what, what, what can they bring to the table? What are they going to do? What are some ideas that they have, you know, the, the why, you know, and then, then again, the, the how is in a sense becomes the easiest part because like you can, you can drop any kind of a set that you, that you really think you can use. Um, but again, now, now we've done that through the season. Now, now what do you do going into that, that final meet, you know, again, that, that preparation where you're like, you know, I mean, what, what you always like is to exude confidence and now you got, you know, a handful of athletes who are like, eh, yeah, maybe they'll do all right. You know, one, two, three possibilities you know that's the team cheer 
Um, you know, I, I don't know what, what would you do then when it comes to the end of the season or the end of the season meeting where maybe maybe it doesn't. How do we tie it back together in the end where you're like, listen, we accomplished all of this. You know, do, do we have to kind of go through all of that or, or, or what's a way to, again, to frame it again where like, you know, obviously this didn't work. If you got one more season, let's try this now. You know, again, creating opportunity where, where you had adversity. Yeah, I mean, like, so one of the things is I, I think that if if you end up getting down the road with something that is, I mean, I think the scenario we're looking at here is like, let's say you do end up getting down the road in a season with something that is very a traditional. You know, how do you avoid the idea that, you know, people at the end could start to sort of go like, well, I don't know if this is working. Uh, I don't feel now. I'm not feeling too confident now, coach. Like we're about to go into the, I mean, I know I said that, that this was my plan, but it seems like maybe this is, this is not going to work. You know, I, again, I think that there's framing to be done. Like, you know, if, if you were in me were um, to, think of like a real risky investment, but you know, we only put in a little bit of money, right? Mm-hmm. We wouldn't yeah. be that upset if the investment didn't pan out, but let's say we'd be ecstatic if it did. Right. But, but also maybe thinking like, ah, oh, shoot, we should have put in more to that yeah, <laughs> plan. Yeah. But you know, like um, you got to keep people honest to the um, level of investment. And if, if their if their emotional investment is completely out of line um, with their you know actual sort of like I guess for lack of a better term like physical investment <laughs> in in practicing and honing and developing um, what they're what they're doing um, then you know I think that's an opportunity for you as a coach to get those two things in alignment. And I always tell people, um, you're not going to be able to change, you know, it's very, very hard to change your um, emotional investment in something. So what are you going to change? You're going to change everything else to match up with your emotional investment. So if you're, if you're the type of person that is, you know, uh, as we get closer to the meet, all of a sudden going like, well, this is not going to work and I'm going to be really upset. And I don't like, you know, well, that, that hopefully you don't get there. Um, that is an opportunity in the off season to put those two things into actual alignment. If you get another crack at it, right. If they, if they stick with the sport um, and, and you have the opportunity at the beginning of the season to sort of anticipate some of that stuff with somebody, cause it's pretty easy, I think to tell with somebody at the outset of a season, how emotionally invested they are in, yeah. in what they're doing. Right. And, and um, that was the thing. Yeah. When you, when you see that investment level and there's sometimes where you, you see like, this isn't hundred percent all in. And you know, some of these events, if you're not hundred percent in, th- this is not going to end well, this is not going right. to end well at all. And um, I was actually talking to a really good coach, really good sort of Hannah size. She's out on the East coast. She's um because she took over a team much like I did, where it's a brand new startup team. And one thing that she said is, if she could do anything again, it'd be over communicate. And so the kind of is what I'm getting from what you're saying too is, it's better to kind of over communicate through the season of, you know, not saying, man, this is this is a train wreck getting to happen. So not 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 the commentator like that, but the commentating of like, hey, these are the things like you said for your own swimming. These are the things I see that are improving. 
you know, these are the things that are going in the right direction. Because I think a lot of times when you're in that bubble, all you see are the negative, especially if you if you had that kid who's already setting up all those obstacles for him, all they're seeing are obstacles. And so if you keep on going, boy, if you could see what you were at three weeks ago, four weeks ago, six weeks ago. So even though the change might not be on their timetable, change is change. Change in a positive direction is awesome. And, and just kind of keep reminding of that, over-communicating that, over-communicating the idea that, hey, let's not get back in that trap of it's got to be the best time. Let's get into over-communicating that this is about having fun, getting up there, racing, you know, getting out after it. I, I remember I went to nationals once um, and uh, I had a, a couple of women going in and this one guy, he was the alternate to the alternate to the alternate. And he got in on the mile and the two fly. I'm like, hey, you got into the meet. And he's like, uh, coach, you know, I've been on the couch for at least a week now. I am not, not swimming fit. I'm like, dude, we got, we got a chance to eat some really good barbecue on NCAA money. Let, you know, your call. Right. If you don't want to go, I'll tell him, you know, let's put someone else in there. And he's like, no, nah, man, let's do it. And so before he's doing the mile, I'm like, so what's the plan here, man? You know, obviously this is it's going to be interesting. He's like, I just want to go out there and see if I can make someone else hurt as much, if not more than I'm hurting. I'm like, right. fantastic. And so that was his goal. He got on there and just ripped it up. And, you know, again, he had a good time with that. And again, we, we, he had a really good outlook as far as like how swimming was and where his career was. And so for him, it's like, this is this is just a great moment. So we got away from the idea that every meet you got to get the best time. And again, kind of get, again, not, not letting them or not creating obstacles for them or, or, or lowering expectations, but realigning those goals. So instead of being like, I've got to get a junior cut, it's like, you don't have to do anything. Just get out there and swim your race, go as hard as you can, give a hundred percent. Let's see what happens from there. And, and let's work on, you know, what way you can control it, control your line to the surface, control those breakout strokes, just put it together. Let's rip it up and have a good right. time. I mean, another way to, 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 to look at it is like, basically I, I always frame to um, kids that I'm coaching training as, as uh, a probability game. Everybody, you know, I think a lot of the people that I end up working with are people that, want to guarantee that they will swim fast, which is not possible. Um, right, I have right, to right. always, this is one of the hardest conversations I always have to have, which is, yes, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, it's just not going to be a fair world. There's no way to guarantee the outcome that you want. Um, it's just not, it's just not how it works. What you can do is you can increase the probability that the outcome that you want will happen. And I think, um, you know, for somebody who's really, really, conscientious has a high level of investment um learning to look at it as hey there's like i'm 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 just taking all these little micro actions to increase my probability of this happening i think that's really good i think some of what i hear even in the example of your your guy that went to NCAAs is he was coming more from the probability end of like you know, um, like playing the lottery. It's like, I'm, I've played the lottery a few times. I'm not emotionally overwrought that I don't win the lottery because I know my probability is quite low. Right. Um, but I'd be ecstatic if I won. And I think, you know, you want to make, uh, set it up for athletes that, okay, let's say they are choosing a, a low probability strategy for achieving what they want. Well, it's much more likely actually in the micro sense for them to go behind the blocks and they're going to do this hundred free and go, 
wow, I tried something pretty wild this season. Let's see what happens, you know, versus like, I need to swim fast in this hundred free or I'm not a good human being. Like, you know, um, to the extent that you can head that off at the pass, I mean, and and that's what they're doing anyway. I think, you know, allowing people to have a strategy that says, hey, I'm I'm playing a low probability um, hand here. Um, Coach has been real honest with me about what a high probability hand would be, but I chose not to do that. You know, I chose this. I think it's instead. definitely a premature athlete you're talking about, but yeah, I, I get where you're going with this. <laughs> well, well, the, co- the only the coach way, was right. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the only, yeah, the coach was. I mean, the only way to set that up though is to just communicate, communicate, communicate. I mean, you have to have that conversation ongoing um, because just expecting that you're going to have that conversation. Well, I had that conversation once with them in the beginning of the season, and I told them that they should practice five days a week. And they didn't listen to me. And now I'm going to stand with my arms crossed at the conference meet because they didn't listen to me. And like, I'm going to take my ball and go home. It's like, I can't tell you. I mean, I, I, you have, you have a a kid. You have have a, a, how old is he? 10 now, Sam? He's 10 now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I have a nine-year-old like what, before you had kids, what was your perception of like, how many times you had to repeat something to Sam before he would learn it. Cause for me, I thought like, I don't know, maybe somewhere 10 to a hundred times, like, you know, um, me asking Olivia, my nine-year-old daughter to say thank you in certain situations would be enough. And it, and it just wasn't, it's, it's thousands and thousands of times. So the fact that coaches walk around and go like, well, I had one conversation one time with one athlete and yeah, yeah. now and now everything should be like on a glide path from here. Like that's not how it works. People take a while to learn things sometimes as right. we've covered. Sometimes you, you, you run into elite athletes who you tell them something once and they all of a sudden they magically, you know, synthesize that into forward progress. But for the most part, you're going to be coaching athletes that um, need to hear something very consistently over a long period of time in order to actually change their direction of what they're doing. Yeah. Or, or of course, you just have the guy from out of town explain it one time. And like, did you hear that, Dad? He said, if I say thank you, I might get good things happening. Yeah, really. Wow, that's, that's, that's amazing. Hey, don't let people know how I make my money now, Joel. Yeah, exactly. Or <laughs> I'm much a professional like guy from out of town right now. I, I, I heard if I did a little more fingertip drag, that would fix everything. Yeah, that's that's what you needed. 2025's fingertip drag, smooth as silk. So, yeah. No, that's, that's, that's my- all right. That's my secret to private coaching. I just get on the calls. People don't know this. I get on the calls and I just go, listen, not a lot of people know this, but fingertip drag. If you, uh, if you just do a little bit more of that, then uh, you're going to go junior cut in a mile in a month. No problem. Yeah. It's just going to happen. All right. I think maybe we've, uh, we've reached the natural end of this, uh, this topic. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate you being uh, willing to come on here, Joel. Um, That's helped a lot. This is I appreciate that. That's a, this is a, I think this <laughs> now I've got some good, good ideas as far as like going forward. And again, I think just kind of again hitting things just the real simple way you learn, like in like middle school, like who, what, why, where, when. Yeah. You know, just answer those questions and answer them repeatedly, and uh, and and do it more often than you think you probably need to. Right. Yeah. And I, as I mentioned to people um, on the podcast that uh, I've just uploaded actually, as we're recording this, but uh, I may be releasing this one a little bit um, 
Uh, I may be releasing this one mid mid vacation. I'm going on vacation, so we'll have a little bit of interruption uh, of regularly scheduled service here on the swim brief. But in case you can't tell, Joel and I love just answering coaching questions and just you know swishing them around in our mouths. And sometimes uh, good stuff comes out, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but we love that kind of stuff. And if you are listening to this podcast and you got something you'd love to hear discussed on here, swim brief podcast at gmail.com. Send me a message. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting questions from you guys. And uh, that's a new feature. We've got an email address set up um, for this express purpose. And I hope that you guys use it. If you want to follow me on socials, Instagram, Christy underscore coach, CD swim coach on Facebook. Um, Occasionally, there's a YouTube upload as well, Chris, Chris DeSantis YouTube, um, and uh, themagic5.com slash swimbrief for your customized, uh, surprisingly affordable pair of goggles. Maybe I'll see those guys among my 50 other things I'm going to try to do in Denmark uh, awesome. here in the next two weeks. Thank you, Joel. Thank you to everybody. Thank you. All right. Bye. It was fun. See ya.